Welcome back to another episode of The Mac Rumor Show. Um, not only are you going to be listening to myself and Hartley, or Hartley and I, however, the English police will come after me, uh, but we do have a very special guest, and we're going to do something a little different because we're actually doing this before he jumps on, but we are going, for the third time, uh, we will have Mark German on to finally discuss the last bit of information surrounding the iPhone 15 event and the launch. I know, I know, we've been talking about this for so long, but it's nice to finally, like, this is it, and then next week, we'll still be talking about it, but we'll have things to talk about. And hopefully there are a bunch of surprises, maybe? I don't know, little things that we get. You know, Dynamic Island was a surprise, basically, up until the last minute. Hartley, what are you expecting, you know, going into this event in terms of like that one little like nugget of information that's like a surprise do you have anything or i don't know about specifics but it's always something that we're looking out for in these final days so i've yeah. been watching uh chinese social media in particular mm-hmm. really closely um as these days sort of draw to a close before the event because usually there is something like that last year it was dynamic island um i remember a couple of years ago it was the notch on the macbook pro there's usually something that uh, sort of captures the rumor mill last minute um so although if you're getting a little bit fatigued with iphone rumors at this time of year i think that it's quite exciting over this weekend in particular um, because chances are we might get a little something this is a big i mean this is like the the time of the year i mean we've got iphone stuff we've got new apple watches um you know, and then in October we assume we have some something coming around with Max, um, and then you know, for those who are just technology enthusiasts, we have uh, a couple of other Android manufacturers. Google just announced its event, um, and so I mean, there's there's a there's a good this is Techto like Techtober, and I don't know what the the whole thing for September is, but September kicks it off. Usually into October and November a little bit, but then not really. And then we're just kind of, you know, Apple over the last couple of years has had some products spill into November, even last year, right? Then the iPads kind of come out like right around the beginning of November. Uh, They were announced in October, right? But they didn't come out until the end. The iPads. I'm not sure I remember. I thought the, goodness, you know, I don't know if I remember actually when the iPad Pros came out, the M2 ones, were they not in January? I've no, completely lost uh, the sense of no, I thought they were alongside the 11th gen or the 10th gen iPad. Um, hold on, I will show, that? I will have this in a second. Um, okay, so it was October 26th, so it was just like right around the end of, um, and then I, the Apple TV or was it the Apple Watch Ultra came out in like November? Like, it, 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 I didn't get it and post stuff until around that time. That's what I'm basing this off of. Yeah, it should. It- later i believe yeah i don't think that's going to happen for the apple watch ultra 2 uh but you know last year was a was a different was a different thing but it looks like everything should launch pretty simultaneously this year this event at least yeah i'm not expecting anything you know we have heard many reports over the last like five to six months that like the iphone was going to be delayed and then like oh no just kidding everything's fine and then I heard that it could be delayed again. And then it's just, I have no idea what's going to go on with that. We should expect everything. But, like, I would get your, if you're looking for a pro model, particularly, like, I would just get your pre order in right away. Um, we already know, based off of Apple's just history, that they're going to be launching uh, next Friday. So you'll be able to pre order next Friday. And then you'll get them the following week, the twenty second, I believe. So get them in right away if if you are planning to upgrade now, or you can you know you can wait until the end of the year where there's probably going to be some holiday sales and all that. But all right, before we jump into, we'll start with the Apple Watch Series Nine. Before we do all of that, we're going to bring on our very special guest, Mark Erman. Um, so we're just going to do a quick little transition right now. All right, Mark Ehrman, the third time. I'm so happy that you uh, are able to jump on right before uh, the iPhone event. Um, and we're, we, you dropped like a ton of new information. So this is like absolute peak perfect timing. And so we're going to run through some of these last minute leaks because there's a lot there. Um, and we'll start with the iPhone 15. You know, I think that's going to be the main headline. Um, by the way, I mean, we've, we've 
I don't want anyone to think that I'm being rude. We've talked beforehand, but Mark, how are you doing? I feel bad for not just even like doing great. Is, <laughs> is third time a record? Yes. I don't think anyone else yeah, has been on three times. So uh, okay. the, so iPhone the iPhone 15. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what's new. So the iPhone 15. Yeah. I mean, it's what we've all heard about for months, what you've written about, what all your listeners have uh, read about on Mac Rumors and hopefully Bloomberg for, for many months. Uh, pretty big year for the iPhone compared to last year and the year prior, the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. Uh, that's the first redesign for the iPhone in, in three years. And it's actually quite significant. It's not only a material change with the titanium. Uh, it makes the phone quite a bit lighter and quite about quite quite a bit durable as well. And so you may see if, you know a section of people uh, deciding not to use a case with the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max this year. Certainly, that's something I'm considering. Uh, the one problem with titanium is that because the material is a bit lighter, it's more dent prone than the stainless steel. If you've dropped your stainless steel iPhone, like many of us probably have, including myself many times, uh, you know that if you drop it on concrete or wood or, or what have you, um, the stainless steel is so strong that you really have a tough time putting a dent in it. Obviously, you can scratch it up. Some of the material could uh, flake off, uh, but it's pretty dent-free over time, and I think that's the risk with titanium. But the benefits are it looks much nicer. It's not fingerprint prone anymore. Uh, you can do some cool new tricks color-wise. Uh, and, and certainly the, the combination of thinness and durability and lightness, I mean, not thinness, uh, is I think going to be pretty compelling and it's a nice upgrade. And I also believe this is just the start. Really, Apple started playing with titanium, believe it or not, with the Apple card in 2019. That was sort of their first test of using titanium in products. And then they eventually grew confident enough to bring that to uh, versions of the Apple Watch, right? You have the Apple Watch Titanium Editions. Uh, and then you also have um, the Apple Watch Ultra, which is obviously titanium, and now you're moving to the phone. My expectation is that at some point, they'll be moving to titanium on the iPad as well, and maybe bring titanium back to the Mac at some point. Now, titanium, the benefit there is that it is a premium material, it is a durable material, it is a light material. But the other benefit you get from it is that it could be manufactured uh, in many more ways. What Apple is doing is they're wanting to bring 3D printing technology for their enclosure development and enclosure production, starting with the watch, eventually bring that to the iPhone and many other products. And you can't, with the current 3D printing technology, 3D print aluminum. You need to use more of a, a high-end, finer metal. And so those metals that you really think of or you would want to use in a, in a gadget would be stainless steel, uh, titanium, things of that nature. And so titanium is the, is the material that makes more sense for iPad enclosures, um, for some Apple Watch enclosures, certainly iPhone enclosures, and maybe one day Mac enclosures. So certainly that's the direction they're going into. And so the titanium uh, is a, you know, a starting point for that in these new phones. Uh, the other interesting thing is this new display technology called LIPO or LiPo uh, that they're using for the 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max. And that makes the borders about a third thinner. And it's a new injection molding based manufacturing process that allows them to get the screen closer to the borders. Uh, on the 15 Pro and Pro Max itself, the screens are not actually bigger. Maybe they are by a few millimeters, uh, but it certainly would look bigger because of the smaller bezels and the overall frame size of the phone. Now, why is that interesting? Because that also plays into the company's future plans. Eventually, I expect them to bring this LiPo technology to the iPad, uh, maybe to the Mac. And for those who aren't familiar, the LiPo technology, the first test of that actually also appeared in the Apple Watch at the Apple Watch Series 7. And so you can see that the Apple Watch is sort of like a lower volume playground for Apple to test these new manufacturing technologies, uh, new materials, um, new technologies overall, and then eventually bring them up the line to the higher volume products. So I think that is the interesting underlying story. Some of these manufacturing processes and technologies that they're finally able to bring from the Apple Watch to the iPhone with this generation. And then what does that mean for future generations of the iPad and Mac? I suppose that also applies to micro LED display technology as well that you've reported on in the past coming to future micro -LED. Um, iPhone models in the long term. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And so you'll see micro LED appear in the next two years on the Apple Watch, either next generation or the one after. And then you'll see that eventually come to the iPhone, one day the iPad, and then one day the Mac. Now, just to set expectations here, I wouldn't anticipate a micro LED Mac before 2030 at this point. I can't believe it's already 2023. But you're going to start to see a transition to, yeah, you're going to start to see a transition to OLED on the Mac in about two years from now. And so they're going to need to have some runway for that. And then if you think back at it, the Apple Watch, there have been so many other technologies on the Apple Watch that appeared there first before coming to the phone and then coming to Apple's other products. Uh, OLED, right? Started the watch, went to the phone, went to the iPad next year, and then the Mac a year after that. Uh, Force Touch, that started with the Apple Watch, and then that eventually made its way uh, to the iPhone before Apple nixed that. Uh, so certainly you can see if you're going to get a new type of technology in the Apple Watch, uh, you know, you can already take that as a hint that that thing is eventually going to show up nine times out of 10 uh, in an iPhone. So I think that's a big part of what's going on this year. You're starting to see that play out. So switch, switching over to the um, the processor. We, we've had a lot of like talk about like the A17, three nanometer, it's going to be, you know, faster, more powerful, but there's also apparently going to be some improvements to battery life, right? Isn't that kind of like a main focus now? That is a main focus. Uh, my belief is that the battery life on the pro models, at least, uh, is going to be quite a bit better, perhaps 10% better, uh, just like the phone is going to be about 10% lighter. Again, these are uh, sort of my estimates. And that is going to be a big improvement. There have been so many people complaining about the battery life on the 14 Pros. And I'm not talking about the battery capacity dipping over after 12 months of use. I'm talking about actual usage time. I remember when I had the 11 Pro Max in 2019 and they added that big battery life jump. I could not believe how strong the battery was on that product. And since then, it feels like battery life has sort of, you know, uh, you know, went back to the mean and the 14 Pro Pro Max battery life is, um, you know, I don't think it's up to par, especially some of the other smartphones out there. And so I certainly think that the battery life improvements, um, if they pan out, would be very much appreciated by customers, certainly uh, by me. I have one of those Apple MagSafe chargers that you put on the back of the phone and constantly having to use that, constantly having to leave my phone on a charger at my desk. So certainly battery life is a, you know, a real world improvement that I think a lot of people would appreciate. So hopefully that pans out like I think it will. Definitely. One other really interesting point that you raised in your article that you published this morning um, was something that we haven't really heard too much about, which is improvements on the pro models to the telephoto and the ultra wide camera in terms of megapixels, because these have been at, uh, at 12 megapixels since their introduction. So that would be a, a pretty significant first of its kind improvement. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the megapixel increases on the telephoto and on the ultra-wide camera, so the two non-main sensors uh, on the phone, uh, is slightly, slightly higher. In terms of, like, on paper, I believe it is it is negligible, but the resolutions are uh, slightly higher, and the pictures look a lot crisper uh, on those lenses as well. And so you're going to see when they announce these phones next week in terms of their marketing that the the new cameras, that is the biggest part of the announcement, especially on the pro models, uh, even on the basic models, moving from the 12 to 48 megapixel on the main sensor. So camera is going to be the main focal point of their marketing uh, next week on the phone, just uh, like performance is going to be the, the main marketing message around uh, the watches next week too. What about the action so button? What about it? Oh, on the well, phone? Well, I mean... I, I don't remember. Last time you were on, did we probably talked about that rumor, but like what 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 else can you tell us about it? More any more details or is it just it is what it is? It's going to be mat, like remapped to a few different functions. Will we have more control over that? Like what what we can remap it's, it to? It's it's extremely customizable in the settings yeah. app. There's a as you can expect, there's a new action button pa uh, panel in the settings app and you can choose through all the same things you'd expect. Uh the stuff that Steve Moser found uh, and you guys reported on, that's exactly it. Those are the, those are the functions. Uh, and then when you tap it to shortcuts, you can certainly, you know, expand upon uh, to anything you can uh, want to use it for. 
Uh, and so the action button, I think it's so interesting because the volume controls and the mute switch is the only thing on the iPhone that probably hasn't changed in uh, 16 years, right? 15 yeah. years. And so that's a big improvement there. They had Project Bongo, which was supposed to go with the action button that would make the, the volume buttons haptic and the power button haptic, but they scrapped that. Uh, I'm not even sure it's coming next year either at this point. They haven't decided. There were major two major issues with it, cost uh, and manufacturing. Um, they were not getting the yields they needed on those buttons, right? I mean, these buttons are, are fragile buttons, uh, and there's multiple keys there that would be haptic, right? Remember when they moved to the, the haptic iPhone home button? That was one button. But then moving um, four buttons simultaneously to haptic, that is uh, a, a big lift on the manufacturing side as well as on the cost side. And that also required a new tactic engine as well. So it was really at least five major components that needed to be remapped and rebuilt for this phone. And it just was not able to shake out correctly in time. So thinking of another component change this year, um, one other thing you mentioned is the U2 chip, which sort of is really something that we could see across the lineup, um, is what you mentioned, because it will also be included in the Apple Watch Series 9 on the standard models. Um, and if I understand this rightly, it would also probably be uh, enhanced by uh, in, uh, reducing the fabrication process, because I think the current U1 chip is made on a 90 nanometer process. So I assume we can see something that is going to be on a much smaller process to deliver these improvements. Can you tell us a little more about this U2 chip and why we should be uh, excited for it in uh, the Apple Watch Series 9 as well, maybe, because there's not so much coming to that? Yeah, I don't know about the manufacturing process, the reduction from 19 nanometer uh, in terms of the chip. I do know it's made by TSMC, like Apple's other components, but I can't speak to that. What I can tell you is that the chip is going to come to uh, all of Apple's major products, including all the new phones and all the new uh, watches this year. And it's going to mark a big improvement for accuracy and efficiency uh, to more accurately be able to find devices and find people uh, in the Find My app. So I would expect uh, big improvements uh, to Find My. And just as a follow-up on that point, do you think that in the long term, some of these enhancements with the U2 chip could have anything to do with Vision Pro, um, with sort of spatial awareness? I actually don't think so. I mean, certainly the Vision Pro probably would get that chip, but I don't necessarily think that there would be a big benefit to spatial awareness between an iPhone and a Vision Pro added by a new chip. I think that the pairing mechanisms that Apple has had between devices, whether you're setting up a new iPad, a new iPhone, a new whatever, right, a new watch, I think their pairing mechanisms, uh, I'm not sure how they can improve on that. So um, I know there have been rumors about it having to do with the Vision Pro, but I think this is entirely about uh, accuracy in terms of device location, right? Like how you can find AirTags and AirPods, I think expanding that to more devices, but also if you're trying to find someone on a map, being able to do so without relying uh, entirely on GPS. So I think that's where the improvements are going to stem from. Uh, it's certainly not a uh, um, uh, uh, hottest part of this launch, but it's certainly a new component. So I felt it was worth highlighting in my roundup. Here's what I think is the hottest part of this launch, the colors. Uh, and so we're going to play a little game of hot or not. And I personally think that the uh, pro colors are a big not. And can you can you uh, tell me what you think? I mean, for me personally, I um, I'm not so opinionated as everyone on Twitter or X <laughs> or the Mac Rumors forums appears to be about uh, the colors of the of the new iPhones. I'm pretty uh, bland when it comes to that. I mean, why don't I tell you which color phones I've had in the past, and you'll get a sense of uh, of my style. So. Uh, the original iPhone, obviously it was the silver and black. I did have the white iPhone 3G because I actually thought that was pretty cool. I had the black 3GS. Yeah. I had the black four. And then when they came out the white one, I got the white one. I had the white 4S, the black and slate five, the space gray, uh, six, 6S, and then the jet black, Seven plus, and the space gray ten, the space gray ten S Max. All right. So what you're telling me is Pro. this mono, this yes. monochromatic yes. like style that yes. we have here is That's perfect. Me. This is That's the Mark Gurman edition iPhone 15 lineup. Well, <laughs> yes, and my my favorite color in recent generations was the uh, Pacific blue. 
And so I'm excited that uh, there you go. New Midnight Blue is yeah, this new Midnight Blue is coming out for the new phones. I have the Space Black 14 Pro Max currently, so I like the blue, but I also secretly like the new gray, that yeah. titanium gray. Uh, I'm not sure it's actually called Titan Gray, by the way. Um, it might be, but I think they might just call it gray, gray, natural. But Titan Gray makes sense. <laughs> Imagine like Titan titanium, and it's more of a natural titanium. Right. But I don't know. Yeah. I'll either get the gray or the or or the blue. Probably the blue. But I am going to take a hard look at the gray. I uh, did like the Sierra blue as well. And the Sierra blue, I think, is kind of similar to the gray, depending on the lighting. Uh, so certainly, you're not going to hear any complaints about me from or from me about the colors of the iPhone. Just about everything else, but um, not the colors. Hartley, what are you? What are your thoughts on the the standard iPhone 15 colors? We have no what? Uh, what's the the one that's being re- removed this year? Why am I Starlight? Starlight. There's no Starlight and Product Red. No thoughts on that. But Apple seems to alternate between um, Apple seems to alternate between uh, the uh, a bright color palette one year on the standard models to a more muted one the following year. I think they've sort of fallen into that trend. So last year we got some pretty bright colors. I think this year it makes sense to have some more muted ones. Um, but you know, people I think they're really excited about the know. colors this year. <laughs> I just they're different. They are different to the previous years. I just wanted something not boring on the Pro, honestly. Uh, the red that was, I don't know if that was made up or what, but that red that was floating around for a while, I kind of liked it. Red floats around every year, doesn't it? Yeah. It's one of those color options. Because we've never had like a true product red Pro model every year. There's always some rumor about that. All right. On a serious question, though, the USB-C port. The, um, the, the point is, obviously, Apple has to do this. And thankfully, they're not just doing that thing that I kind of expected them to do, which was just make one model for the EU and it just be USB-C and everybody else gets lightning. But is the Pro model actually going to be a Thunderbolt port where we're getting 40 gigabytes per second in transfer speeds or do we not know yet? That's kind of been the talk, but I feel like it hasn't been super definitive in that aspect. Here's what I know. I don't know about the number. I don't know about the 40 gigabytes transfer speeds. I don't know if it'll be graded as a Thunderbolt port. What I do know with 100% certainty is that it will have faster data transfer speeds uh, than the USB-C port on the regular 15 and 15 plus, and they're going to certainly market that difference. Um, in terms of the actual speed rate, I, I, I don't know, but all four of the phones should have faster wireless charging with Qi 2. All right. I'm good on the iPhone 15 unless you have something, Hartley, before we move on. No, I think let's move on to the Apple Watch um, because really so far we were only really thinking about the, um, uh, the processor this year. Um, but in your article this morning, uh, you revealed a couple of new things. So we mentioned the U2 chip, but the other thing is the more accurate sensors and the next generation obstacle heart rate sensor. So could you give us uh, a little bit of an idea of how Apple is going to present those changes if there's not too much else going on with the device? Let's not beat around the bush here. This is going to be the most minor set of changes to the Apple Watch, I would say, ever. This is a very, very modest minor Apple Watch. You are not going to be able to tell the difference uh, between this year's Apple Watches and last year's Apple Watches, aside from some colors and material changes. Um, They are going to market this as a brand new watch under the hood. So swapping out the processor, swapping out all the sensors, swapping out Um, all the internal components for something that is much faster and higher performing. The question that I have is, does a faster Apple Watch, like I don't know anyone who's ever said the Apple Watch is too slow. Uh, And certainly the fact that they were able to stick to the same processor for three years in a row would portend to the fact that people have not been complaining about the processing speeds on that. Does marketing a watch as a performance overhaul move the needle or mean anything? Uh, and the answer to me is a flat no. And so I would say that only a very small percentage of any, obviously some will, um, I, or Apple Watch Series 8 and Apple Watch Ultra first generation users are going to upgrade to these new models. Um, certainly the idea being that they're trying to get Series 6 and Series 7 and Series 5 and new Apple Watch customers into the fold. Uh, and by coming out with any new hardware, no matter how big or small the changes are, uh, that will accomplish that goal. And so I certainly think that it's going to be, you know, a great upgrade for anyone coming from a Series 7 or older. Uh, but certainly if you have a Series 8 or an Apple Watch Ultra from last year, uh, 
I would hesitate to recommend upgrading to those models unless there's some curveball that I don't know about. But I'm um, I'm basically certain that this is a performance upgrade. This is in this is like less than an S year for the for the Apple Watch. If you remember when they moved on the iPad Pro uh, 2020, when they went from the A12X to the A12Z, uh, that was a very minor iPad update. And this is in the same vein. Uh, the processor, I'm sure they'll mark it as twice as fast. I'm sure it is at least twice as fast. Uh, certainly, this is something they planned out. I think I wrote two years ago that the Apple Watch Series 7 and 8 would have the same chip, and then the Series 9 would move to that new processor. I believe it's based on the A15 generation, um, and so certainly that would be a bit of a hike going from, I think, an A12 or A13-based chip to an A15. Uh, if you find your Apple Watch too slow, I doubt you'll find this one too slow. But performance, new bands, move away from leather on some of their bands, some new materials, more uh, more of a recycling focus. I certainly think uh, this Apple Watch will be as compelling as ever for people new to the watch, but not for people coming from last year's models. Go on and tell us more about this new material because uh, we've had some talks about the whole fine woven cases. Is that the whole the whole thing that's going to be making its way down to the bands as well? Um, I know some of the bands will move away from from leather too. In, in terms of um, the overall focus, I think there's going to be a strong environment focus at the event. And I think that the <clears throat> new bands and new cases and such will play into that. Uh, they're also testing new 3D printing based enclosure processes for the Apple Watch Series 9, the stainless steel models. I heavily doubt they're going to discuss it in any shape or form at, at the event, but they are certainly testing this new manufacturing process on the Series 9. And my belief is that some of the units that are coming off the assembly line are going to be sporting 3D printed enclosures. And they're also going to start moving next year to 3D printed enclosures on the Ultra second generation, the one being announced next week as well. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to talk about it, but you know, Hartley may get a Series 9 and it's 3D printed. And Dan, you may get a Series 9 that's not 3D printed. So uh, it's going to start very small and expand over time. It's still very nascent. So... Thinking about these uh, accessories, um, accessories seem like they're going to be quite a big deal at this event, um, because if we're looking at new watch bands that are moving away from leather, we're looking at cases that are moving away from leather, we're looking at, I guess, the AirPods Pro uh, minor update is also really an accessory. Uh, are you expecting yeah. any other accessories, things like maybe the MagSafe battery, the MagSafe Duo? Do you think anything like that's on the table for this event? There is a new MagSafe battery pack in development. I don't think it's ready for this event. And the idea with that is that you can uh, daisy chain the MagSafe battery packs together and sort of stack them and wirelessly charge multiple devices. So I think the idea being that you can charge a phone on one end and then charge another phone on the other side of the MagSafe battery pack as well. That's something they're working on. Uh, I don't believe that's coming yet. Maybe that will be a subsequent generation. They are obviously going to move to USB-C on that. They're going to move to USB-C gradually on the AirPods. They're going to move to USB-C soon on the Mac accessories. Essentially, everything is going to move to to USB-C, and the goal is to be USB-C across the line by next year. Is that just going to be more like a silent update then on some of those things? Yeah, do you remember when they moved to Lightning uh, in 2012? They sort of quickly yeah. moved to Lightning across the board. They're, they're aiming to do the same with USB-C. Uh, you know, the big question is, what are they going to do about the entry-level iPad, $329 iPad? By the way, no iPads next week. But I think that they're either going to just discontinue that low-end iPad, or eventually they'll refresh it just with USB-C. It depends if they're able to get the cost down enough on the 10th generation or, I guess, 11th generation entry-level iPad, uh, which already, I believe, has USB-C, right? And so they uh, certainly are going to have to go USB-C across the line, and they're going to go all in on it. They've, you know, kicked and screamed all they could about not wanting to move to USB-C, and now publicly they're going to move to it and fully embrace it and position it as the best thing since sliced bread. I just did a video on, like, what to expect, literally posted it, like, right before this, and I started off with things that, like, might happen, and I did clarify that it's very, you know, it's it's kind of hit or miss, like, it could happen because these things get updated annually, and the iPad was one of them, and now you just completely shot down, like, the first, I don't know, minute and a half of my video, so thank you, I will go update that after this. <laughs> there is a new iPad um, Air, minor spec bump, 
uh, in development, which I think is coming soonish, and the major new iPad Pros next, next year. year. So I don't think yeah. you're terribly off. And to your credit, I believe what you said is true that they've updated the iPads probably in the last few September launches, right? And so I certainly yeah. think that it's not the entry level model at least has been updated every year. Yeah, it's not an out of this world idea. Right. And I do think we might get an iPad refresh in October, right? There will be there will be another launch in October. I am not sure that it's an event. I think it might be something along the lines of, remember when they released uh, the M2 Pro products earlier this year and they did sort of like a 20-minute uh, online sort of quasi-event they just published on the day and didn't tout in advance? Uh, I think it's going to be along those lines. I'm not sure they have enough for to drag people down to Cupertino to watch the video that they do for this for this launch. So I, I know that I've been harping on colors, but this is a real like real question. And we were talking about the Apple Watch, and I didn't get a chance to say this real quick. The Apple Watch Ultra is coming in a darker color, correct? Uh, that's my understanding that there should be okay. a black uh, Apple Watch Ultra. Yeah. Okay. I think that's is a that bigger a reason deal, to upgrade? Honestly. I mean, no, no, but I'm going to probably get one anyways. And well, it might be. I might. I might too. I might too. But we're not normal. Well, that's that's we're what I was going to say. Consumer. Any normal person, probably not. But I, I do not mind this color. But I would much prefer a darker color. And so that's why I'm like, I'm actually I'm kind of excited about that personally. Uh, so I wanted to get the clarification well, there. The and thing. then, go ahead. The value of the the value of the iPhone that it's able to retain after a year of use makes it so that you can upgrade. You can pretty much, if you game it correctly, you can upgrade to a new iPhone every year without paying out of pocket. I can tell you, this is my favorite example, for the iPhone 13 Pro, which was like a ridiculously minor update from the 12 Pro, I was able to get that new model and put, I think, 50 bucks cash in my pocket. So I was able to get the new iPhone and make a few few bucks. And that's because these iPhones hold incredible amount of value. And it's because of these trade-in specials and carrier deals that all these carriers in the U.S. at least are offering at this point. The Apple Watch is not the same story. You know, this new Apple Watch Ultra will probably continue to cost $800. We paid $800 for these Ultras last year. I would bet that the trade-in value for the Apple Watch Ultra, if we were to trade our watches in next week, 250 tops, around 250 tops, right? Yikes. And so that's holding about a fourth of value, probably less. Whereas the iPhones, they can hold 100% plus of their value. So I think at some point, maybe there's a discussion to be had about the value that these watches hold over time. Okay, so I've got uh, two <laughs> final questions, I think, looking at the event as a whole. Um, I'm really interested to know from you, Mark, uh, A, what you're most looking forward to seeing uh, just personally, and what one thing do you think you don't know about that you are most intrigued to see what happens? Okay, I am most excited for the iPhone 15 Pro Max for selfish reasons, because that is the new device that I want, <laughs> right? And so I'm excited to see how it all shakes out. I'm excited to be excited about it. I'm excited to wait in line to pick one up. Uh, when it goes on sale and just be part of that buying process and get the latest and greatest phone. Uh, and, you know, people ask me all the time, like, do you get the new iPhone every year? And if I was just a normal consumer, I probably wouldn't. I would still probably be happy with, a, to be quite honest with you, with an 11 Pro. I thought that was a great phone. I don't really see the day-to-day -day benefits of 5G anyways. And so, you know, that was, if this was not my, you know, passion, and would probably be on a, on a phone that's a few years older. Uh, but I do have to get the other phone because you all trust me to write about these products and give my opinions about these products. Uh, and I, you know, I'm a very, I think I'm an honest person. And I, quite frankly, it's as simple as I would not feel comfortable writing about these products, being as opinionated as I am about these products, writing about these products and power on every weekend without actually owning the products and using them on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't think it's fair to myself, but more importantly, I don't think it's fair to the readers who trust my opinions and make buying decisions and you know maybe form their own opinions based on what they read or hear from me and that's the same reason why i'm gonna have to get a vision pro as well not that i'm not excited about the technology oh really darn i have to get a vision pro yeah i know <laughs> i know i know i know but i will i will figure i will figure out a way to get one and i definitely think that um, that's going to be something where so much discussion 
uh, is going to be had on that product next year and the years to come. And it would be, I think, disrespectful and irresponsible to the readers to, to not be ingrained in this ecosystem. So that's why I'm excited about the 15 Pro Max, because uh, I need to be as familiar with the product as anyone in order to be trustworthy about it. Uh, in terms of what I don't know about the event and I want to learn more at the event, that is a good question. Nothing comes to mind. Well, why don't we do this a different way? What do you think people don't know about the event? And I can tell you uh, if I am in agreement with you or not. Well, the thing that I think that was the thing that I, I, I asked you a little bit earlier, which was about accessories that we could see and how the sort of transition to USB-C is presented. Does that even get stage time? Um, how is that? How is that really marketed? Given how much discussion there has been about this after so long, and what other devices um, will we see potentially other than just the AirPods Pro case? And how much stage time will that even get? I think it's the most sort of unknown element of the event to me personally. Yeah, I certainly um, believe that USB-C will get some stage time. They'll, they'll talk about some of the benefits there. Uh, I don't think they're going to go wild about it, but certainly they will mention it. And I think in terms of the AirPods, they'll probably reiterate some of the software features coming in iOS 17. I think it's fair to say that this software update for the AirPods this year is probably the most significant software update to the AirPods that we've seen after uh, initial hardware release. So I think they'll spend a little bit of time on that, and then they can you know throw in that they're transitioning to USB-C on the AirPods case as well because I certainly think that is a, uh, a prominent uh, change that they're going through with their ecosystem right now. In terms of additional accessories, I, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I certainly think the AirPods are a given. I think that some of the other accessories, I mean, they certainly can update the MagSafe battery pack. Uh, they certainly, you know what, on that internal employee website where they were giving those massive 90% discounts on the Hermes bands, they also had the... Um, Apple Watch magnetic charging dock uh, on there. I think that may have been discontinued already. I'm not sure. I couldn't find it on the consumer store. Yes, looked, it was. But perhaps there's an, it was. So perhaps there's a new version of that coming with the USB-C as well. Uh, I certainly think they're going to need to do a new MagSafe Duo with USB-C. And so they're quicker. They're able to refresh all these products and get these new uh, cables uh, and, and accessories, the hardware accessories out. I think the better. Um, but I'm not expecting any curveballs or any like brand new types of accessories or, or, or anything like that, at least at this event. Uh, I did mention that new MagSafe battery pack in development with the daisy chaining. Uh, I certainly think that is something that could arrive eventually, uh, but I'm not sure it's ready at this point. So the other thing is, is that there were some people asking if Apple's going to rebrand USDC to a different name. I have not heard one way or another, but I think that would be quite fascinating. I'm not sure there's is there there's precedent for that, right? Was Thunderbolt is Thunderbolt an Apple marketing term? It is uh, on top right? of uh, what was the generic? Was it USB something? I don't remember, but what Hartley wasn't it with Intel that they created Thunderbolt? Yeah, so I don't think I don't think it was a, a sort of artificial marketing name, but they were involved in the creation of the standard, so they obviously had some say over the over the way in which that was marketed. And then Lightning right. is not as I, cool. <laughs> Lightning is not as cool. And Lightning yeah. is a, you know, that's obviously an Apple standard, so they can name it whatever they want. I don't think there's anything stopping Apple from naming USB-C on the iPhone anything that they want. Uh, the only thing that pretends to them not going in that direction is on all their other products, uh, the iPad, the, uh, the Mac, yeah. uh, this magic keyboard I have in front of me, what have you, I think the Apple TV has USB-C as well, or at least it did. It's all, it's USB-C everywhere. So naming it something else on the iPhone and then having to rename it on all their other products, I think is just going to create more consumer confusion that's already going to be created from this transition. So uh, I would, it would be the more Apple-like thing to do to name it something. But I think that cooler heads probably prevailed and they said, if we just keep the name USB-C, it's going to create less confusion, probably do better for us. Okay, so I have one last question, and then if Hartley's got one last one, then we'll then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Do you think I have time? Well, well, I mean, we can go. Well, Hartley doesn't quite as much, have as much time as we do. You're just starting your day. I'm midway through. Hartley's ready for bed. Um, nearly, but nearly. But uh, my one question is, and and if it's if it's a no, you can just simply say no. But uh, not in terms of curveballs for products, but for 
features, like a software feature, whether it be the iPhone or the Apple Watch. Last year, we saw Dynamic Island. I know that's kind of hardware and software, but it did kind of come out of nowhere. No, it's software. It's yeah. software more than anything. They basically well, it, it, it's not hardware in terms of a smaller notch. Right, right, right. I mean, they, impl- they, they changed the hardware of the notch, and then they were like, well, we should do yeah. something with this area, which is honestly genius compared to most other companies. But I'm in, I'm in full agreement with you. Yeah. Is there anything like that that you think we could see? <clears throat> Oof. Uh, in terms of software curveballs, nothing yeah. that I can think of at this point. Okay. No, nothing immediately comes to mind. Is there anything that you guys think would make sense based on what we know about the hardware? No, I was just hoping for something exciting. <laughs> I think the closest we may be. I'm get sure there will be. That reaction button. Yeah. The action button, super customizable. But then I went and looked on my Apple Watch settings for my action button on the Apple Watch Ultra. And that thing is super customizable already. But then the market for the Apple Watch Ultra in terms of how many people have it is very small. So for a lot of people, I think the customizability of the uh, action button on the iPhones only on the pro models will be you know, received quite well. I'm curious what the default's gonna be. I would bet they keep the default as mute, um, but who knows? What's the default would, on the Apple Watch Ultra? Is there a default or did they No, no, it brings up a so? it brings up a menu. So my guess is it'll probably do that, right? Oh, I see. Yeah, and then it does that in the buddy or the, the onboarding. Yeah. So I've got two just final little questions. Um, and the first is related to that with the action button. Do you think that we will get multiple actions for the action button based on double press, long press? Or is it going to just be a single a single press? Ooh. I don't know. On the on the watch, I think there's a couple double presses, right? Right? Or you you press once, you get into whatever you launch, and then you press again, and it and it sort of remaps it to a function within that within the app. Function. Yeah. If you want to do a, a yeah, if you want to do like a lap or something like that, that yeah. is a good question. I don't know. I don't know. That'll be a surprise. Um, and the other question is related to the USB C AirPods Pro. Do you think that this is going to they are singularly going to say there is a new MagSafe charging case with USB-C. It's available separately. It is available on all second-generation AirPods Pro that we sell from this day. Or is it going to be third-generation AirPods Pro with USB-C with basically no other changes, but you have no way of accessing that charging case because it's not bought, uh, not available separately, so you have to buy it? Oh, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than that. I certainly don't think these are going to be marketed as third-generation AirPods Pro. I think those are coming uh, next year or earlier the year after. I have to check. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to sell the USB-C cases separately. I hope so. It would be the Apple-like thing to not sell it separately and make you buy a whole new pair to get USB-C. But there's precedent for them offering the cases separately, right? Mm. Remember when they did the MagSafe uh, transition there? They offered those cases as a as a separate purchase. I could tell you that uh, I don't really see the point. Like for me personally, I probably wouldn't buy the new AirPods Pro case because. Do you, for, let me just, just take a step back. This is a funny question. Do you guys plug in? Rarely. Rarely. Right. Rarely. I don't plug in, so I don't see a reason to get the USB C charging case and pay that eighty bucks or whatever they'll charge to get that for me personally. I have the. AirPods Pro, I'll probably just wait until the third generation to get a new pair of these. Uh, For me personally, this lightning to USB-C transition means essentially nothing. I probably plug in once a month. So again, we're not the mass consumer. Most people I know plug in. I I would say I plug in my AirPods when I'm in like, oh man, they're dead. I need the quick charge or whatever. Um, Then I'll do it. But it only means something to me, USB-C, in the sense that I only have to carry one cable now when I travel, um, and that is a huge benefit. Or if I'm just looking in my bag and I find a USB-C cable, which is ultimately what always comes up first. And then, and and then when I'm sharing videos uh, that are like, you know, if I go to an event, not necessarily the iPhone event, but like if I go to CES, I film all of that content on my phone now. I do not take my camera. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be like that. So I can just use my phone. And when I'm transferring over and using uh, AirDrop, it's so slow when you're trying to transfer all of that. So that's that's really the benefit that will come in handy for me like two or three times a year at that. But it is a benefit. I don't know. 
I, I agree with you that it is a benefit in terms of the unification, right? Having one cable that can technically charge your Mac, your iPhone, and your iPad. Um, you know, there are some circumstances, maybe I go travel and I didn't bring a wireless charger. And so I, I, I would plug in, but then again, I'm thinking about, it, I always bring my MagSafe Duo with me. So, I know. you know, hopefully Same. there's a new MagSafe Duo. If they release a new MagSafe Duo with USB-C, I will get that. That might be the only product that I would pay out of pocket for, for uh, just a just a component change or just a port change. I, I tend to find myself plugging in more though, when I'm on the road, because I'm using my phone more. And it's draining faster. And so when I get to the hotel, putting it on the MagSafe Duo is not fast enough than plugging it in. It's slow, right? Yeah, it's pretty slow. So I usually try to plug in it's to something. It's a poorly made product. Yeah. I'm hoping they update that and then they give away to like, you know, MagSafe Trio or whatever. And so that you can actually charge all three at the same time. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, Ooh. See, Hartley, there you go. That would be a surprise. That would That would shock me. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I don't know. I think everybody at this point knows where to find you and where to read you. You're obviously at Bloomberg. Oh, wait, one more thing. Do you, do you guys think they're going to talk about the Vision Pro at all? The event? Not directly. Not like updates to it. No, I do not think so. I think they'll maybe mention like, oh, this feature goes, co- it works perfectly with Vision Pro in the future. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they do not mention Vision Pro at all. Just wouldn't be surprised. Personally, I would be shocked if they did not mention it, considering this is their most important product in in decades. I think they've got to mention it. I don't think... Okay, so my take is that maybe they'll mention it, like Hartley said, but then on the other hand, I agree with Dan that they're probably not going to announce anything new related to it or show it in any real capacity. Maybe it'll be a throwaway line just to get a mention out there of it. If you remember the first Apple event in October 2014, after the... 20, uh, or the September 2014 announcement of the Apple Watch. They didn't talk about the Apple Watch uh, in terms of new product features at that event. I believe that's when they announced the iMac 4K or 5K. But what they did do is I think they did a slide presentation and they showed it working with an Apple Watch as the keynote controller. And then I think they also mentioned the watch as part of their ecosystem, but they didn't really talk much about it. So I think maybe the Vision Pro will be in a similar vein. Yeah, that's just, I, if it's not coming out this year, I just can't imagine they're going to talk about it, which is not good in my opinion, because I feel like a lot of the buzz online recently has been the fact that there's a lack of buzz about the Apple Vision Pro at this point. It's all gone. Nobody's talking, nobody, nobody's yeah. talking about it. So they're seriously in for the, a need for a big um, media PR marketing push for the Vision Pro uh, next year. And, you know, one thing that I'd love to know is when exactly is the Vision Pro coming out? I would seriously doubt that it's a January, February release. I'd probably lean more towards March, April, uh, but it's certainly something that I'm very excited about. Uh, and I think that, you know, the, the Vision Pro, I really think it could go either way. There's really no in the middle for Apple. It's either going to be an incredibly massive flop or a big success. There's really yeah. no intermediate for that company. And I think it's going to be a flop out of the gate. And I think it's going to be a huge success in a few years. I certainly think there's going to be so much discussion next year about how it's impossible to get a Vision Pro. This is not going to be something where anyone can walk into an Apple store and get it. Uh, but I still think people are going to come away uh, unimpressed with why they need it, but impressed with the technology. I can see that. I would say it's very impressive. Have I figured out a reason to what I would use it for? Absolutely not. But we also do not know the exactly. ins and outs of it. So. Uh, that's what they need to do next year. but You can say the same thing about the iPad, right? I mean, I have an iPad Pro. I don't, I don't know what, why do I need it, right? What do you really use it for? Uh, but it's cool to have. But again, we're talking about $800 versus $3,500. Starting my favorite product. My favorite product that I never use as much as I should. Yep. Exactly. It's good for an airplane. It's great for an airplane. Um, okay. I'm good. Uh, unless Hartley, you got anything? No, I think I think Mark's given us a bunch there to think about. I I know. Um, Mark, we all know that you are at Bloomberg, but is there anything else that you'd like to tell us? Maybe a fun fact that nobody knows, or if you want to pitch more of yourself, you can do that too. A fun fact that nobody knows about me. <laughs> uh, I am a massive uh, Lakers fan. And a lot is, of is my, that something that nobody uh, knows? 
Is that something that nobody knows? I don't know. Maybe the Mac Rumors forums, people don't know that. But mm-hmm. I am a Lakers fan. And I think that they are going to win the title this year. And I'm saying that with some level of objectivity. I am higher on the Christian Wood signing than I think most people are. I think you saw what LeBron and AD and that uh, organization was able to do with Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee a few years ago and really make the centers an important part of the, of the team. And I think that you're going to see the same with Christian Wood. And so I think he's going to be a real key piece for them. They just He's a new center that the Lakers just signed. Uh, I know it's not uh, UK football, Hartley, but to me, it's very interesting. So. so I thought they could have won last year when they made those those moves at the end of the year and then really like started to pick it up and uh, like got so much better and then rolled it into the playoffs and then they just kind of ran into a, a wall that was it Dallas. Got but, destroyed. Yeah. I mean, so did everyone. Yeah. Everyone did, so it's okay. Amazing. If you're going to lose to somebody, you it's lose to the people that that won. I mean, that's... But, uh, all right, he, well... He's just like, he's... Jokic, just, he has a combination of like LeBron James four general skills. He can shoot with the best of them. And he can play the big man role like a Joel Embiid. He's got he's got it all. He's like he's like if LeBron James was twenty five percent bigger. Mark, you want to start a basketball podcast? Maybe. Maybe. Would you co host? <laughs> sure, why not? <clears throat> why don't you tell everyone where uh, what you and LeBron James have in common? Uh, we live very close to each other or did live very close to each other. Um, <laughs> I went, Dan I went to his high school, um, not to, I didn't go to his high school, but we, we would go to like their high school for, um, uh, basketball games. And I saw him play in high school when I was in school. So that was fun. Um, that's amazing. That's yeah. Amazing. But, uh, that's about it. Otherwise we have absolutely nothing in common. I mean, I'm pretty good at basketball too. Kind of like he is. But uh, (laughs) I am not. Um, Uh, That was fun. Anyways, you guys can find me if you're looking for more uh, at Bloomberg.com. Bloomberg.com slash power on to subscribe. Uh, You can subscribe for free or you can get a paid subscription. So you have both. Uh, And there's certainly uh, a lot more news to come ahead of the Apple launch next week. So uh, stay tuned for my live coverage there. And I really appreciate you, Dan Hartley, and obviously the MR team for having me. And it's always a pleasure to be on here and talk about my Bloomberg stories. So thank you both. Thanks, Mark. Also, uh, real oh, quick, you. If, if you guys made it this far, um, <laughs> I will actually be at the event. So, of course, check out Bloomberg, all of the articles there, all of the articles on Mac Rumors, and then uh, subscribe to the channel so you can see my roundup from whatever is going on at the event. Uh, But yeah, we'll catch everybody in the next episode.